Welcome to Come and See, a home-centered podcast-supported Come Follow Me. I'm Sam Rencher. And I'm Wendy Rencher. We're going to be covering Mosiah chapters 25 through 28. And our question um, that we're going to start with today is, do we have our eyes open to see God's goodness and mercy in our lives? It's a great question. So in 25 verse 8, we see that Mosiah gathers the people and he has the records of Zenith read to them. And then he also has the account of Alma and his people read to them. And after he reads the records, this is the response of the people. Uh, verse 8, For when they beheld those that had been delivered out of bondage, they were filled with exceedingly great joy. And then in verse 10, it says, And again, when they thought of the immediate goodness of God and his power in delivering Alma and his brethren, out of the hands of the Lamanites and of bondage, they did raise their voices and give thanks to God. So when the people see God's goodness and deliverance, um, as they hear about the people of Alma and um, the people of Zenith, they rejoice and want to give thanks. And uh, as we studied this week, one of the questions that came to me was how did they have the opportunity to see God's goodness? Um, one is they heard the records. They had an opportunity to reflect as they listened to those um, words about the deliverance of the people. And I always love things in the scriptures that have to do with record keeping. Um, I am currently a stake historian. And so I I do a lot of record keeping and I'm working with lots of people and helping them to be record keepers. And sometimes I think we don't see God's immediate goodness until we're looking back at, at an experience and maybe pondering about it. So are you keeping a journal, recording what is happening in your life so that you can go back and look for God and his immediate goodness? Because that's what these people did. They, they went to the record, um, they heard the record, they, they listened to what, um, what Mosiah said there, and then they could see the hand of God in their life. It, it totally worked for them, and it, would, it works for us also. If we look for God's hand in our lives um, in order to record it down, then the Holy Ghost will remind us and show us things that God did for us. That, that we can record. And so one of the things record keeping does for me if, is if I'm looking to record what where God's hand was in my life, then uh, the Holy Ghost will teach me and show me things that I may have missed. And the other is I'm surprised at how quickly I forget. There's things that are really meaningful to me that Heavenly Father does for me. But if I don't write it down, I lose it. I, for whatever reason, I can't remember and um, so it, it helps us to remember the thing so that we can look back on it. And in verse 16, we get a little more of this. It says, He did exhort the people of Limhi and his brethren, all those that had been delivered out of bondage, that they should remember that it was the Lord that did deliver them. So really, you know, these verses are teaching us that we need to remember God's immediate goodness to us. 
Um, are we writing down those tender mercies, the times in the day that we feel the spirit, the ways that we know Heavenly Father is involved in our lives? And maybe sometimes we feel like, you know, we, we're not feeling that. We don't feel like heaven is watching over us or that God knows us or that he's sending help. And at those times, it's especially important to take time each day to reflect and record uh, because it does give the spirit an opportunity to whisper to us about his immediate goodness and what he's doing to bless us. That immediate goodness is so incredible. And God's immediate goodness is, is just one of the greatest blessings we have in our lives. And one of the ways we can show gratitude is by immediately recording those good things that God is doing for us. Here's a quote from Elder Del G. Renland. It says, in the most re or it says, I invite you to remember each day the greatness of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and what they have done for you. Let your consideration of their goodness more firmly bind your wandering heart to them. Ponder their compassion and you will be blessed and added spiritual sensitivity and become more Christ-like. Um, I do love um, his conference talk that he just gave this last April um, about remembering the greatness of Heavenly Father and of our Savior. And as we choose to remember and record the things that God does for us, um, it does strengthen our testimony of them. It does bind our hearts more to them. It does help them, help us to have um, the ability to hear that voice better and to become more Christ-like. Um, we also see this theme of opening our eyes and seeing the goodness of God in chapter 27. So if we go over to 27 verse 22, it says, And he caused that the priests should assemble themselves together, and they began to fast and to pray to the Lord their God that he would open the mouth of Alma, that he might speak, and also that his limbs might receive their strength, that the eyes of the people might be open to see and know of the goodness and glory of God. So this is after Alma the younger um, has seen the angel and been struck by the power of the God of God, and the people are waiting for him to be able to speak again. And Alma, the elder, gathers all the priests together and asks them to fast and to pray um, for Alma the younger. And he does this because, as it says in verse 22, that the eyes of the people might be open to see and know of the goodness and glory of God. So Alma, as the prophet, he's always looking towards his people, even in a situation where this is his son. And it must have been I mean, I think he was happy probably because he knew that Heavenly Father was working on Alma, but but it very well could have been a difficult experience as well. I don't know. It showed so much humility that he gathered the people in to see this experience when yeah. it was so close and personal. And they, he's trying to turn the, the hearts of his people toward God um, and and because he wants them to see Jesus and to know of his goodness. Um so Alma wakes up and he describes his experience to the people. And I love what he says in verse 29. It says, My soul hath been redeemed from the gall of bitterness and the bonds of iniquity. I was in the darkest abyss, but now I behold the marvelous light of God. So he says, I behold, or in other words, I see. I see the marvelous light of God. 
suddenly Alma, because he's repented and had this change of heart, can see the immediate goodness of God in his own life, where before, you know, he was going about trying to destroy the church. Um, one of the things that Alma had to do in order to see the light was to repent. And so if we need more light in our lives, if we feel we need to see more clearly God's goodness, we can make a more concerted effort to repent, to put away things that might be clouding our vision of his light. I also love how Alma had his people fast and pray. Those are certainly two key commandments and, and paths to being able to see and behold the marvelous light is through fasting and prayer. Now, there's a quote from Elder Ballard, M. Russell Ballard, um, even matters that are considered relatively small deviations will seriously affect your capacity to be led by the Spirit. That was an address at BYU in 1998. So, you know, if we're feeling like we need to, to more clearly see Heavenly Father's goodness or to more clearly have that light in our lives, um, we might want to consider what the small deviations in our life are that we need to get rid of, things that don't bring the Spirit. Because Elder Ballard says, even things that are considered relatively small will affect your capacity to be led by the Spirit. So are there movies or music or television or websites or words that you say or attitudes that you carry with you that you need to abandon in order to more fully see His light and His immediate goodness? There's been three or four times in my life when I've felt the Holy Ghost tell me I should delete a, a game from my phone. And I don't play games that are inappropriate. It's that I liked the games and therefore would start playing them too much. And the Holy Ghost would recognize that. I need to learn to recognize it quicker on my own. But, you know, he'll just say, hey, you started to play that game maybe more than is healthy. And I, oh, okay. And I just delete it right away. Because it, those small deviations that lead us away from seeing that light, that light, they're not worth it. it. We need to get rid of them so that we can see his light and get to know him and his goodness. Um, this repentance process that um, Alma the Younger went through is outlined beautifully in these chapters. And it's, it's also about opening our eyes to see him as we repent we can see the Savior in his gospel and his plan for us more clearly. In Mosiah 26, 22, it says, For behold, this is my church, and whosoever is baptized shall be baptized unto repentance. And whosoever ye receive shall believe in my name, and him will I freely forgive. So when we get baptized and repent and believe, Jesus freely forgives us. Such a beautiful phrase that he freely forgives us. Um, and, and again, remember that we're, we're thinking about these things in the way that it helps us to see uh, the Savior more clearly. So also in 2630, it says, Yea, and as often as my people repent, will I forgive them their trespasses against me. And then also, do you want to read 2724? It says, For said he, I have repented of my sins and have been redeemed of the Lord. Behold, I am born of the Spirit. All nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again, yea, born of God. 
changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters, and they become new creatures. And unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. So principles of repentance there. Are there things that stand out to you? There's many, and they're so beautiful. Um, I love that as often as his people will repent, he will freely forgive them. That is, that is every day, all day long, it, just as often as we need to, which, you know, again, for me is every day. Sometimes we feel like, why oh, yeah, I, you know, can I repent from that again? I just, I messed up from it and then I messed up again. And no, it, as, as often as we repent, he fr freely forgives us. Yeah, I also love um, that that repentance process changes us, um, that we become his sons and daughters, or in other ways, we take covenants upon us um, and we become new creatures. You know, we um, become more like him. We change. Hope that repentance process should be changing us from the person that um, we are into the person that God knows that we can be. Um, I, I do think that the repentance process for most of us is not as dramatic as Alma the Younger experienced. Um, for me, I feel like it's a slow and steady progress of moving towards God. Um, but the whether the process is dramatic or slow and steady, the important part is that we are being born again. And, you know, what does that mean to be born again? It's so interesting. Um, as I, I had an opportunity to be a bishop and watch as people repented. And although I never saw someone repent in such a short time frame, um, the dramatic nature of how people changed and became new creatures. It, it was dramatic, even if it took years and was a slow process. I, I love the conversion story of Alma the Younger because it wraps up the whole repentance process into such a nice little package, and it's so easy to see the entire process. And I agree we should be careful not to expect it to be that that quick because it, it normally is not. But dramatic and spectacular it is. I also saw people who got into serious sin and chose not to repent. And it was so fascinating to see the difference of where people were down the road, those who had chosen to repent and those who had chosen not to. Uh, what a difference it makes when we turn to the Lord, when we see his goodness and accept his atonement and repent and become new creatures. That born again um, phrase reminds me of, you know, making covenants. If we're born again, we are willing, we have made or willing to make or continuing to um, keep our covenants. It's having a changed heart. And that changed heart leads us to changed actions and attitudes. It's receiving the image of the Savior in your countenance. Those people that just shine when you see them. Um, they just have light in their eyes and their faces. The, that, that's being born again. And then having no desire to do evil, but to do good continually. Um, when we are 
you know, we know we want to choose good and we make the choice to choose good always. Um, that's a way we can know that we, you know, have been born again or that we're continually being born again. Because again, I think it's a process, not something that happens once in our lives. Absolutely. Sometimes it's even a, a very slow process, but it's okay. As long as we're going in the right direction and repenting, um, it works. It works every time. It's something we can put 100% complete faith in. Repentance always works. President Nelson in the April 2019 conference said this, when Jesus asks you and me to repent, he is inviting us to change our mind, our knowledge, our spirit, even the way we breathe. He is asking us to change the way we love, think, serve, spend our time, treat our wives, teach our children, and even care for our bodies. Nothing is more liberating, more ennobling, or more crucial to our individual progress than is a regular daily focus on repentance. Repentance is not an event, it is a process. It is the key to happiness and peace of mind. When coupled with faith, repentance opens our access to the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. That's one of those um, paragraphs that should be typed up and put on a fridge and used as a bookmark in our scriptures because it describes repentance so beautifully in that process and what has to be done. It was interesting when people would come in to see me, um, some of them did not have this this spirit of changing themselves and you could tell and and the spirit did not bear witness that they were ready to be forgiven where on the other hand when people would come in with this attitude that this one described with the change of they were wanting to change their minds and their knowledge and their spirit and and even the way they breathe they were willing to do anything and everything that the lord asked them to and they were going to treat their wives different and their children and just be better people all around wow that that was when it worked and worked quickly and worked beautifully and they were different people when they were done absolutely every time they came out different and new creatures and it was some of the most spiritual experiences I've ever had was being able to watch others use um, their Savior's atonement to change their lives. I think it's also, um, that's really beautiful. I think it's also important for us to remember that, that, that that beautiful atonement, those beautiful experiences can happen to us on a daily basis as we choose to repent. Um, every sin that we commit, we don't need to go talk to our bishop about, but every sin we commit, we should be repenting about and getting on our knees and, and talking to our Heavenly Father and then doing our best um, to make changes every day in our lives. Um, and, and as we do so, I know that that brings happiness and peace of mind. It brings... Um, the spirit, the ability to hear him um, so much closer to us. I'm glad you brought that up. It's totally true. Of course, some of us will get into bigger struggles. And if we do, you know, go see your bishop. It is absolutely always the right thing to do. But for most of us, most of the time, it is the small things. It is truly a daily repentance. And um, the change is just as miraculous. It's just a small everyday process.
process that, that yields such a beautiful result? Well, there's so many things in this chapter, um, these chapters that we could keep talking about, but I think we're just going to, we're just going to pick one more to end on for today. Does that sound okay? That's great. So one of the principles that is taught in these chapters is that all will know that Jesus is the Redeemer. And we can start uh, in Mosiah 26, 26. It says, and then shall they know that I am the Lord, their Redeemer. Oops, I messed that up. Let, let me do that again. And then shall they know that I am the Lord, their God, that I am their Redeemer. These verses always remind me of the John 17, 3, which is one of my favorites. It's that this is life eternal to know God. This is the whole purpose of life is to know God. Do we have eyes to see him? Do we know him? Mosiah 27, 30 but now that they may foresee that he will come and that he remembereth every creature of his creating, he will make himself manifest to all. And then in Mosiah 27:31, Yea, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess before him. Yea, even at that last day, when all men shall stand to be judged of him, then shall they confess that he is God. Uh, repentance and seeing God, um, opening our eyes to his immediate goodness, making sure that we're remembering and recording what he has done for this. All of these things are to help us know that Jesus is the Redeemer, that he knows us, that he loves us, that it's through his omniscience and, and his atoning sacrifice and love that we can be redeemed. That is the purpose of of these chapters is to help us know that Jesus is the Redeemer. Which is also, again, the whole purpose of life. And Jesus really and truly is our Redeemer. Uh, I, I didn't just see it in others as a bishop. Far more importantly, I've seen it in my own life over and over again. As I've done my best to see him, to open my eyes to his goodness and accept his atonement so that I can change. I've become a different creature, and I still have such a long ways to go. But I also know that my Savior is there and is going to help me to make it to become an even better person, a better creature, that I may know him and truly open my eyes. At the Judgment Day, uh, these scriptures talk about that all will know that Jesus is the Savior and Redeemer of the world. Um, but we have so much truth and the opportunity to know right now um, that that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Prince of Peace, that he is the light of the world. And are we making changes in our lives? Are we repenting to allow this knowledge um, to make us new creatures and to be born again so that we will know him right now? That is, like we said um, just a minute ago, that is our purpose for being here is to know our Savior now and to see his goodness in our lives and to um, be able to repent and to be able to change and to be able to be better. And that is all made possible through his atoning sacrifice. Great. Let us all know him now. We hope you've enjoyed today's um, episode and that you have some great Come Follow Me study this week. Thanks for joining us.